we are kicking off our new teaching series, I Need a Breakthrough. Now, often we have these life's analogies that we kind of glean from time on the playground, a time that we've had as a kid on a playground. Now, uh, for me, I didn't have, I was telling Christy not too long ago that I didn't have a backyard till I was 13 years old. That's when I had my first backyard, right? And, uh, and it was about a piece of land that was 40 by 40, maybe 50 by 50. That was the whole backyard. Uh, now, and so we spent a lot of time on the playground. Playground was the place to be, it was crowded. Now, for many of you, maybe, you know, uh, you didn't have, you had backyards, and maybe you didn't spend a lot of time at those playgrounds, but you still have an idea, uh, you know, of being at a playground, imagine sooner. And I, I guess the point is, everybody here has been on a seesaw, right? You know, is everybody, you know what a seesaw is, right? Okay, and have you been on a seesaw? One of the reasons many of us know it's great to have a breakthrough, it's because we've been through a breakdown, yeah? Meaning, as much as we wish life was always on the upside and always on the up end of things, the reality is life is more like a seesaw. It goes up, it goes down. It goes up, it goes down. And in the midst of all that, there's some laughter, there's some fun, but there's also some unexpected happenings, some falling and some pain, yes? Now, this is true in life. Inevitably, we're gonna have that. So sometimes these breakdowns, these downward times in our lives come from the behaviors of others. Sometimes it's what we are bringing into the lives of others, albeit unintentionally, but nonetheless accurately. And, and sometimes it's just the decisions we're making where we are in our own midst that, you know, because of choice we're making or not making, we are in the midst of a breakdown, huh? Now, the summer of 1993, I turned 28 years old. And I, and I guess the best way I could describe this is describe where I am, is I'm 28 years old and I'm really more or less living, you know, like a disturbed and unhinged teenager, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> so I'm 28, but I'm living more like this really off-the-wall, anxious, restless teenager. And, and I'm behaving in a way that brings uh, attention to the local law enforcement, right? And they, they're so attracted to me that they bring me back to their offices and give me a space of my own there <laughs> at, their, at their area, right? And, and it's made of concrete, and it's got these iron bars, you know, <laughs> decorative. They all run the same pattern this way, and then they run this way. So 1993, this summer, and, 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 and I can hear, you see, this is Coney Island, it's Brooklyn, New York, and, and, and the beach and the boardwalk are literally probably from, from, the, from where I'm standing to probably Central Street. That's the most, that's the distance from the cell I'm in to the boardwalk and the beach and all that festive summer fun noise going on. And I spent most of the day in that jail cell. It was a long summer day, no air conditioning, and I've got a lot of time to think. And after hours and hours of thinking, I come to this conclusion that I'm not where I want to be in my life. I, I had been in jail before. And by the way, this was a small, much smaller. I had been in jail longer. But here I was now 
in that moment concluding this is not where I want to be. Not just like, duh, in jail <laughs> on a nice summer day. No, no, no. I mean, this is not where I want to be. This is not who I want to be, huh? And that's a question for all of us in here today. Uh, right now, you got this pause to just think about, are you where you want to be? You'll hear me ask that question several times during the year. Are you where you want to be? Are you who you want to be? Are you where you want to be in your marriage? I don't say, oh, marriage is okay, it's going all right. Are you where you want to be in your marriage? In your job, are you where you want to be? In the relationships with your children, are you where you want to be? Huh? In your character, in your attitude, in your faith in God, are you where you want to be? Now, here's why, you know, if you're honest with yourself, you're going to say, or you could say, I've had breakdowns in my life, or I'm in the middle of a breakdown. Now, when you hear me say breakdown, you might begin to think, picture, or imagine that, you know, you're picturing somebody like, you know, like in a straitjacket, right? <laughs> or, 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 or having, quote, unquote, a mental or a nervous breakdown. That certainly is breakdown, but there are degrees of that, and even more so, I'm going to go over here and say, so, you know, a breakdown is, is where you're not functioning the way you should be. You know, at least twice a year, I'll call my father-in-law up and say, hey, Lloyd, you know, you got to come get me. I ran out of gas. I do it. I do it twice a year. Never, <laughs> sooner or later, it's coming. And uh, what's happening is my car is not moving. It's, it's, it's broke down. It's just still, meaning what I'm telling you is that there are critical areas of your life that you're not moving. There's not much coming for, from it like it was intended. You're kind of holding it together there. You're plateaued, and what you don't get is you've broken down. And you need a breakthrough so you can get going and get moving again. We, we get really, and what happens is that breakdown can become very normal. It becomes very normal. We get used to it. We become accustomed to it. We actually start to kind of mold our life around living it out that way. Not realizing we're nurturing the breakdown and we need to break through. Okay? Now, yeah, on one end, you've got the obvious, the breakthrough of the addiction. Yes, this applies. The breakthrough of the, that, that challenge you're having with emotional things. Yes, the behavioral. But, but again, this carries out. This really applies a lot more than we might want to get it. So today, you want a breakthrough. Now, so the beginning, so here's the reason why we weren't, I'm, I gave you that discourse is because being honest about where you are and who you want to be is the beginning of a breakthrough. Did you get that? That's why it's so important about being honest about who you are, where you are, and where you want to be because that is the very beginning, the seeds of a true breakthrough. Now, the Apostle Paul, he seems to be indicating, you know, that he needed a breakthrough, that he was upon a breakthrough in his words that he writes in the third chapter of the book of Philippians. Now, what Paul, I, I'm, I, I'm suggesting here, what he's saying and he's professing is that he's not where he wanted to be spiritually. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verses uh, 
10 through 17, we'll jump to 10 through 14, and we'll jump to 17. But he says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the apostle Paul writes, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Okay, so he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. I want to suffer with him and sharing in his death. Now, that's an interesting thing for the apostle Paul to say. At that time, Paul is perhaps the most influential apostle of Jesus Christ in the then known world. And here he is, uh, inspired by God, writing a letter to, to people who are waiting to be influenced by him and his being inspired by God. And he's saying, I want to know Christ. Yet Paul clearly knows Jesus already, doesn't he? What Paul is saying is, he wants to know more of Jesus. He wants to know more of Jesus, right? He's saying, hey, I know where I am right now, which in that moment when he's writing this, he's, he's in prison, house arrest, chained to a Roman soldier. He goes, I know where I am. I know where I am with Jesus. I know what's going on, and I want to know more of Jesus. There's more for me to have of Jesus. There's more to me to know of Jesus. There's more to me to experience of Jesus. I want a breakthrough, huh? Now, Paul goes on to write in verses 10 through 11 of the third chapter of Philippians. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So you see what Paul's doing is he's kind of bringing together, he's combining the eternal and the earthly, right? Paul says, I want to endure the sufferings. Whatever it is, whatever is required for me to know more of Jesus, I'm in. Because God is working in me and through me. And then he says, okay, I want to know the resurrection power, huh? Meaning, I want, I want to be part of the eternal Paul is telling us, I want to walk with Jesus here on earth, and I want to walk with Jesus in heaven. I'm bringing together the earthly and the spiritual because I'm a spiritual being. Meaning what he's saying is, I want to know Jesus more. Here, there, everywhere, I want more of Jesus. Then in verse 12, he writes this. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He's saying, I'm pressing on, I'm moving forward to, for that which Jesus Christ took a hold of, of me for. What Paul is saying is, hey, when he's using these words like, I haven't attained or achieved the perfection, and, and I'm pressing on for that which Jesus possessed me for. He, what he's doing here is he's, he's giving, saying, I have an idea that there's something more. I, I have a picture in my mind that there's something more to happen, to be a part of, to gain, to see, to experience. There's more. That's what he's saying here. God has been good to me. Speaking to me personally, God has been gracious to me. He's been so merciful to me, right? And I want more. I do. I live for more of God, right? And that's because I want a breakthrough. I want a breakthrough. You see, there's, 
life is full of many breakthroughs. Life, living a life following Jesus should be a never-ending, continual flow of breakthroughs. One breakthrough leading to another breakthrough leading to another. Smaller breakthroughs clustering, coming together for a massive breakthrough. That's what living the Christian life is about, us breaking through and moving forward. So, in verse 13, Paul writes this. He says, I'm going to read it through again. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved this, but I focus on this one thing. Now, this is really these words, and I've, I've said it before. These are precious words to me because when I, early on, when I came to Christ, maybe about 10 weeks from that time in that jail cell, when I eventually had that monumental conversation with God, my creator, hmm? And then after that, I begin to now, you know, I got a Bible and I started to attempt to read the Bible. I've said this before, it was kind of cumbersome, opening it up and, you know, I, I didn't understand anything that said and, and that, that was kind of gross and, 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 and that's confusing. Like, okay, I keep flipping through and I come to these words right here. And, I, and it says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm like, oh, I got that. That's, that's what I want. I want more, right? I, I, I don't, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not who I want to be. I want more. I want something different. Okay, I'm, I'm so willing, so ready, so wanting to forget the past and move forward to what lies ahead. I got that. Oh, this is a great book. Verse 14, Paul says, I press on to reach the end of the race. That's what I want on my tombstone. I told Chrissy, cremate me. I don't care about that stuff. Just, but, but put on a plaque somewhere, he finished the race. Huh? I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And then in verse 17, Paul says, now join me together. Join me in following my example. He's saying, come on, jump in with me on this. Follow me on this, wanting more. And I think and what I'm suggesting is that Paul is giving us a framework here on how, in this third chapter of Philippians, on how to have a breakthrough, kind of a, a pattern that if we could live by to notice, to act on, that we could increase substantially our likelihood of having a breakthrough. And, and, and he gives us a few always. Huh? What Paul is saying is always more always forget, and always forward, right? Often we don't have a breakthrough because we're breaking down in one of those always, always more, always forget, and always forward. When we say there is no more, what are we saying? We're saying we, we, we don't think there's any more of God in this situation, in this circumstances, in this area of my life. I've got to make a decision. What am I going to do? Okay, there's no more of God. I'm going to do this in the best way I know how. I'm going to navigate it in my manner, from my resources, from my way, from my experience. And, 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 and it could be and might be apart from God, but that's because really what I'm saying is there's no more of God to be had in this situation, right? I have, you know, as much as God as I think I'm going to get, and, and I'm glad and I thank him, but now I'm going to move it on the best way I can on my own here because I don't think there's any more of God. 
And then, or we can think, I can't forget my past. Meaning, don't get me wrong, I, I say I'm, I'm going to forget my past, and I know I should forget my past, and I say, oh yeah, that's behind me, but the way I'm living out my life, as Lucas was talking about last week, you know, how the enemy uses ourself to talk to us, and now I'm really so much living in the past. It's not just I haven't forgotten it, I'm, I'm continually living in it. Meaning it has affected me in a way that it's really with the greatest driver and motivator of the decisions I make. Well, I'm not going to let that happen again, so I'm going to do this. Or I didn't have this, so I'm going to make sure I have that. And, and really, it's our past and the unhealthy things that are really the greatest drivers in our life. We've not forgotten the past and the hurts and the lacks and the insufficiencies and all of that. Or we quit moving forward like, hey, this is it. This is the best I'm going to do. I'm going to quit. And I know maybe I can't tell myself I'm going to quit, and I can't tell the people around me I'm quitting. I can't do this, but I'll come up with something, some distraction out there that they can look to and I can look to and say, well, you see, this is the way I'm behaving. This is what I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking to, so I can't do it. It's really kind of a way of saying, I quit. I quit. And all of these are undermining your ability to break through for something greater that God has for you. So let's jump in and talk about more. Paul knew God had more for him. Now, often when Paul is writing the scriptures, he's using athletes as an example. And he does that because he knows athletes always want more. Like um, my son Justin ran in track. I've talked about that before. And then when I remember when I used to first start to go to watch him, he'd line up and there would be usually three to five other runners there in the blocks. You know, psh, the gun would go off, they're flying down. And you know, sometimes he'd come in first, second, or third, but sometimes he'd come in fourth or fifth. And I remember one time, you know, he'd come in fourth or fifth, and I see him and he's like, yeah, and he's like excited. I'm like, well, Jack, I don't know if I'd be excited about like fourth or fifth, you know? I'm like, okay, you're finished, but good. And then he goes over to his teammate and they give a high five. I'm like, all right, what am I missing here, you know? And uh, then he comes running over to me and he's like, dad, dad. And he said, I what? Tell me. I PR'd. Right. Meaning I I, I made a a personal record for myself. You see? Because that's really what's on their minds, you know? I PR'd, meaning I ran, you know, 57 seconds was my best. And now today I ran 56 seconds. I PR'd. And you know what? The, The next race... Like two days later, what do you think he was looking to do? PR again and run 55, right? He's, they're, they're always wanting more, right? And, and, and so Paul is using athletes as an example to say these people, and, he's, and of course the marathon was there and invented, right? Or it was originated, we believe, in, in history by the Greeks there in that area, the people he's writing to. And, and, and what he's saying is, hey, athletes have this deep desire to want to go further, to want to go deeper, to drive more. And what Paul is saying is, and hear this, hear this, people, this is how we should live out our lives in, in, the, in, in, spiritual, in, spirit, in, our, in our spiritual nature. Spiritually, we should want to go deeper. We should have a great desire and a great drive to go deeper and to want more. And, and to not plateau and to not seemingly be satisfied, which is different from a contentment. You want more of God. You want to grow spiritually. Now, this is significant because you want to realize that you're a spiritual being. So what does that mean? 
What that means is your life is not compartmentalized here. Because you're a spiritual being, you're just not spiritual here. And then you go home and you're not. Or you go to work and you're not. And, or, you, or you and your wife start to have this discussion you know, a, a, on the way home and, and you're not. No, you're the same spiritual being. So as you grow spiritually, it's going to and it should affect all of your life. And as much as you, if you're not growing spiritually, and again, you're, as I said, really breaking down and not functioning, well, then that's going to affect all of your life. And Paul is saying, don't settle, don't plateau, don't break down, drive, dig deeper, huh? Want more of God. Because it is that same God, as Paul says, who's working in you to complete the good work he's begun in you. Now, life is like this seesaw, right? And I want to try and, I, want, I hope this isn't too cumbersome here and it comes across clearly, you know? I mean, it is a tension that needs to be managed where there's like God on one end of the seesaw and me, you, we're on the other end of that seesaw, right? And, and it's kind of like, you know, the more of God you have, the, you know, the more of God, and I do think there's more of God. I've not exhausted his mercy in my life. I'm glad for that. I've not exhausted his grace in my life. There's more. I've not exhausted God's love in my life. Huh? And that's because the more I know about God, the more I experience God, the bigger he gets. That's the beauty of it. He gets, the more I experience that grace, that mercy, that love, that provision, the bigger he gets. And the more I'm now primed and poised for a breakthrough. By the way, I have breakthroughs. I'm still having breakthroughs. Chris and I were just out last night hanging out and, 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 I, and I talked with her about that, that hey, you know, I think I, I'm, I'm getting ready for another breakthrough in my life. Now, and God loves you more than you'll ever know. However you think God loves you, if you'd pause and even consider that today, and I've been on this every week, God loves you. And he loves you more than you know. And at the same time, there's more of God. There's also more of me, meaning, you know, again, I've not tapped out my growth in God. I've not exhausted my ability to grow in God. There's more of me here, right? I mean, God has put more in me to grow and to know him. God has put more talent in me. I joke around in my house, I'm saying I'm the only one in his home that has no talent, you know? But he's, he's put more in Dave Trelongo that's yet to come out. As much as the best is yet to come, I don't think we've seen the best of Dave Trelongo yet. I believe that with all my heart. God has put more tough in me. He's put more persistence in me. He's put more energy in me. There's more for me. God has put his Holy Spirit in me. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. There's just got to be more here, right? And that's why Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The same power that's in him is in me. The same power that, was, that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. 
You can do all things in Christ because there's more for you. You hear that? There's more of God and there's more of you in this. So I can, Dave, I can forgive more. I can love more. I can endure more. And that starts in my home with my, my wife and with my children in relationships. I can do this more. And all of that goes back to God. It's depending on this God. The more I have of God, the more I can do this. So here we go with God again. Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. So it depends on God, and yet now it kind of comes back to me. I've got to make these choices, right? And they can be wise or they can be foolish. But if I'm thinking I want more, likely they're going to be wise. They're going to be honoring God because I'm not thinking from my own perspective and from my own world. I'm breaking through that, thinking, contemplating, expecting that God is going to do more. That's the picture I have. I don't have this picture, you know. I don't have this picture. I got that picture. That's inspiring. That's moving. That'll take me and lift me right up from my current circumstances and from my past. Listen. So, you, you, so do not pray and not take action, but don't take action without praying, right? God and us. We want to grow. We want that PR. And then another PR. And then another PR, right? We want to experience these moments that are part of a process of continually breaking through and growing in our relationship with God. Are you going to believe that God has more for you today? Now, the Apostle Paul would say that in the midst of your breakdown, and as I said, I think many of you are living in the middle of a breakdown to different degrees. He's saying, picture in your mind what it looks like the more God has for you. Right now, imagine that God has more and what that looks like in your life with him and your relationship with him. Because that is what's going to help you get out of that breakdown and move to a breakthrough. Huh? Get that picture. My, you, you, you've, got, you've got it. And I'm not saying like, like paint by numbers in detail exactly. Just the idea that it's there. Like you can't articulate it, you can't actually see it in detail, but you just, you just know it's out there, right? You, you ever did, you pick, you, it's like you can't, you, you're drawing a picture, you can't fill it in, but you just, it's there. As I said before, my family growing up, we were very dysfunctional. My mom was here a, a few weeks ago with my dad, and it was a wonderful day uh, for me and for my family. Uh, my mom called me on my birthday yesterday, which was just, it's a big deal. It's very special. It's just, we've come a long way. And she's saying about how, wow, you know what, it's, I, I can't be there on your birthday, but me and your daughter talking, I'm going to try and get there again in July because I, I just, I want to be there, at least see you in the month that you were born, you know? This is huge, you know, uh, for me and my mom. And I praise God and I thank God that, that, that there was more for me and my mom and more for my family. But there was a lot of dysfunction, right? And, and, and so the, I really didn't have this model of what kind of a functional 
uh, I, think, I think there's dysfunction in all our families. Me and Christy are constantly having to turn around and tweak our family. I don't think two or three weeks go by, and certainly not a month. We're not sitting down and saying, okay, this is out of whack, and that's going out of whack, and we need to work with this one. And I, I, Honestly, every single month. So there's always a bit of dysfunction. The question is how much of it is there? And I grew up in a very, 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 very dysfunctional home, okay? Uh, and so after being in the faith for seven years, I'm, I'm now, I got married, I'm a minister, I'm seven years in, I've got a three-year-old son, and I got two one-year-olds, right? And, and I say, you know what? As far as being a father and being a husband, th- there's got to be more. And, and at the time now, I'm a nationally appointed home missionary. I'm travel- I've traveled around New England, over 100 churches I've spoken in. I got people supporting me. I'm, I'm staying back now at home with Christy. Every month, people are mailing me to the tune of upwards of maybe, I don't know, three to $4,000 a month. Uh, and, and, and people are sending me gifts. They're sending me cards. People I don't know. Chrissy, uh, when she gave birth to, the, uh, to even Justin, people drove to where we were at Diane's house with carloads and diapers and gifts. And I mean, enough for like a year and hundreds of dollars. I didn't even know them. People are praying for me. It's a pretty good gig, right? I just, you know, thank God, but I mean, that, that's a pretty cool way to do it. A lot of hard work, but it was a wonderful thing that we had gotten to. And then God said, Dave, and literally, so there's more. And what I mean is, is I wanted, I knew there was more for me as a husband and as a dad. And so on good terms and a God-glorifying way and honoring him, we, we, we moved on to what? Out of ministry. I stepped out of ministry, and I went down south for the more. And there, and God had that in place. See, the provisions are there. I'm telling you, the provisions are there. I could preach on it. I won't. The provisions were there. The, what happened in that time going down there, the, the money was extraordinary. A woman stepped up to the plate and dropped down $50,000 for put me back in the ministry. Come on. But in the midst of all that, what first came into my life was that me and Chrissy came in line with Breth and Brian Brookins, and they mentored us. And you know, you know, we, we had Christie's parents were, were, were good examples in many ways. But, it, you know, but me, I needed, I had missed so much. And, 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 and there were so many gaps in me that, that I needed, you know, Brian, who was a really experienced minister, to come along and to speak into my life and, 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 to, and to help me and Christy to say, okay, hey, you know what? You're going to be called to ministry and you're going to be in ministry. And here, this, we're gonna, we're gonna, we've walked this road. Let us model for you, show you, and help you with what's ahead and what's going on on how to live out this life for God and how to be a God glorifying husband, wife, and parents, right? And so, guess what? I just want to tell you, Aaron, at that time, Justin was three years old. Jason and Janelle were one-year-old. Joy had not been born yet, right? Uh, and I get this picture that I want more. I go down to Florida. Yesterday, I uh, was my birthday, July 6th, and I got up in the morning, and I decided after some thinking that for my birthday, I wanted a cinnamon roll. I did. But I didn't just want any cinnamon roll. I wanted the best cinnamon roll that existed in New England. So I, had a, I spent about a half hour online searching for the best cinnamon roll in New England. And, and I found it, and I told my wife and kids, okay, I know what I want. I want to go get a cinnamon roll. 
And I found it, I found the best one in New England. They're like, well, you know, what's the name of the place? I'm like, Sticky Fingers. They're like, they laugh. They're like, well, where is it? I was like, Dover, Vermont. They stop laughing. They're like, oh, come on, no, Dad. They're like, where, how far is it? I'm like, it's an hour and 45 minutes, one way. They're like, oh, you know. But you know what? My dear wife and my four wonderful children, ages 12 to 19, put their days aside and say, okay, Dad, we're coming with you. And, and they got in that car and they drove an hour and 45 minutes with me to go get my cinnamon roll. And we went and they sat there. I got them a cinnamon roll each. I had them sit down and we ate our cinnamon. It was an awesome cinnamon roll, by the way. <laughs> and then we came out, turned around, we came back home, all right? But as I'm driving, I'm thinking, so this is it, you know? This, this is the bigger picture, you know? I'm well with my family. And, and actually, there was a little moment there with me and one of my children. And it, we, we worked it out so quick and so fast with affection, clarification, asking forgiveness. I'm the one who's asking forgiveness. But I would never even have seen that, the person I was seven years into faith, a minister, preaching. I, I would never even have gotten it. But there was more, right? And I was living that more out yesterday on my birthday with, surrounded by people who love me, willing to come alongside me and my, I don't know what the word is, excessiveness, what is it? I don't know what you want to call it, whatever it is, you know, and then really living life so well together. You see, God's got more for you, right? Regardless of where you came from, regardless of the background, regardless of the failures, God's got more for you, and it's just so much more than you ever could have imagined, right? Now, and Paul says in verse 17, he says, join me in my example, what he's saying is, hey, I just told you that I had a picture. When I'm saying using words like perfection and Jesus possessed me for, for this. He's saying, I'm, I'm telling you, I have this idea, I have this picture that I'm, I'm to grow more spiritually. And I'm to grow more spiritually because there's something, there's more. And Paul is saying, get the picture in your head. I had this picture that there was more for me as a husband. There was more for me huh, as a dad. And you know what? I was so right, and God is so awesome, and I never thought it could be as good as it is, huh? Now, as you're sitting here right now, think, is there more for you in your marriage? Is there more for you in your relationship? Is there more for you as a parent, as a grandparent? Is there more for you in your character? Is there more for you in your attitude, huh? Is there more for you in your faith in God and how you're living out spiritually? There is more, and in that more is your breakthrough, Right? I believe there's more for us as a church. I do, deeply. Last week, we had 455 people in here on a, Sunday, on a June 30th Sunday morning. That's crazy. And, and, and there's more. There's more for us to grow healthy emotionally, to grow healthy spiritually. And there's more for us numerically as well, but just there's more. God says, I have more for you. Get that vision in mind. Draw a picture. Think of your future with that truth in mind. Chase the breakthrough. Chase the breakthrough. Have that mindset. I'm going to PR. I'm going to push for what I desire to know more of God and to break through. Because if I'm honest with myself right now, I think I might be in the middle of a breakdown. But not today. Today I'm moving forward to breakthrough and to have another breakthrough. Now, the next part of constructing this mindset 
for a breakthrough is always forget. Always more and then always forget. So Paul, is, he's thinking like a runner and he's saying pretty much, you know, have this one thing in mind. I always forget what is behind. He said, always forgetting what is behind. And, and, and as a runner, you, you don't want to look back. It's, it's really, it's like, it's, like the, it's like the greatest commandment. Do not look back. Don't look back on the ground you've already covered. It's going to mess you up. It's going to slow you down. Paul is saying apply. Remember, he's, he's talking this spiritually, and so he's saying apply this to all of your life. Spiritually, don't look back. Don't look back on ground already passed. Don't look back onto your past. Don't use that to bring it forward, huh? Which, because in that, it, 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 there are regrets and, and, and there are triggers, right? See, when you look back and you remember that past, you, you then just keep bringing it forward into the present and you just really expand the number of triggers that can exist that can just set you off without you even knowing it's happened. And you're, here you are engaging in relationships and living life out and you don't know it, but really what's happening now is you've been triggered and you're living out from your past people around you have a sense that something's wrong. People around you have a sense of not to say this, not to do that, but you don't. You think it's just normal, but it's not. There's so much more for you, huh? Listen, forget what's behind you and know that rather than less, you are more, huh? Last Sunday was a wonderful day. Many people were effective deeply, right? And God created this opportunity in this moment to have a breakthrough, right? But what I want you to get is that was so real. But know this, there's not one breakthrough. There continued a process of breakthroughs, right? It's right because doctrinally or theologically, a lot of people, some people are like, you know what? Just all you got to do is one word from God and it's, it's, that's it. It's a breakthrough. It's over. And people are like, no, 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 no. It's a process. It takes time. And really they're both right because this breakthrough, the, the process has breakthroughs. And, and, and the quote-unquote deliverance is a breakthrough. But even with that, then there needs to be another breakthrough. Meaning we're continually living in a... That's what Paul is saying. I know Christ, in verse 10. He's saying, I want to know Christ. Meaning, I want more. It's possible Paul saying, I want more. There's more to break through. There's more to overcome. There's more to grow. I want more. If there's anything... I know you talk about... Let's just say this. There's nothing more progressive... Then the Christian life. In all of history, no one has lived and walked the face of the earth that are so progressive, if you will, than Christians. Always move. First uh, hospitals, first orphanages, first schools. We, we break through. We move forward, yes? All right. Look, God wants to take you this morning from a breakdown to a breakthrough from being still and plateauing to pressing on, from being steeped and oppressed to overcoming. He wants you to break through. What is the breakthrough that you need this morning? Where is it? What do you need to put behind you for good? Always more, always forget, and last, always forward. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse, the second part of verse 12, and then through verse 14, he said, but I press on to possess that perfection, that picture for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, 
but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward, looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm forgetting the past and I'm looking forward. You can't remember the past and look forward. I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. What's that? More. That's the more. I press on to reach the end of the race. I'm draw- I want more spiritually. I'm pressing on. I'm moving forward. I want to go deeper and wider in my knowledge and relationship and intimacy with God. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Paul knows that there's a future celebration, right? Yesterday was a celebration for me. It just was. It was a a good time for me. I'm just talking to God and thinking, how how have you done this? How did I get here? Even when my mom called me, and I'm talking to her, and she goes, you know, know, I'm sorry I'm not there. And I said, no, Mom, Mom, there's nothing to be sorry about, you know, you we're here, Mom. You know, it's like, we're here, Mom. You know, you were 15, man. You were 15 years old. I don't know how you did it. You were 15 years old. We were poor. We had nothing. Uh, you know, she goes, she goes well, but I, I loved you. We, we did. We loved you. And I said, I know you did. We, we, I said, but Mom, look where we are. Look where you are. Look where I am. And thank God. And it's just a beautiful, it's a good moment, right? I'm in awe how much more God had for me and how much more he still has for me, Yes. And I'm just thinking about moving forward. I'm not dwelling the past. And even when Christy and I sat down last night, I said, you know, it's just, he goes, I, I said, I wish I was a, a better orator. I wish I could explain it better. I said, you know, the things that used to bring pain, if, if, if I even heard them, let alone a voice, or in all different ways, that pain would come up. I said, now it's not there, and it's just good. I said, I, I, I just, how, how? I mean, I mean, like, Christy, it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm okay. And even if, you know, I might not have heard this, and I don't know if that's true, and, but that probably is true, and it's just all good. I said, Christy, it is not like a drop of angst or anger or pain or sorrow or animosity or bitterness. It's all, you know, or regret on my end because I was a terrible, terrible, terrible person. I said, Christy, it's just, it's good, man. I said, I said, how? I says, look, look what God has done. How, how could I not think this more? How could I not want more of God, right? So, get a picture of what more is and press on and move forward to it. Right now, in a particular area in your life, don't settle. Get the picture of what that more is. Forget the past and press forward with all that you have. Look, now from the time I had that picture of more, right? Huh? With me and being a husband and being a father, there's been struggles, there's been breakdowns, there's been tears, there's been pain, there's been mess ups. Oh, yeah. My, my kids will know that. But, but I've pressed forward. I've picked myself up each and every time with an inc- incredible wife while still standing in my mess and saying okay I'm going to press on because that mentality from that really disturbed young man at 28 years old in that jail cell in that summer of 1993 it got in my head that there's more and when I decided to turn around and a short time later begin to turn my life to God I believed that there was more and I've always lived out my life. I told Chrissy, I said, I think this is kind of like a, there's several um, truths in Scripture that I think speak to what's happened in my life, but one of them is this more. I, 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 
I think I've always lived out believing there's more for Dave and Jesus. There's more. There's just more to come. There's more to happen. And that's when you walk through the door, what do you see? The best is yet to come. What am I telling you? There's more. This is more. I'm t- there's more. I'm just telling you, there's so much more for you to have. If you, if, if you knew me, if you knew my struggles, if you knew my pain, you'd say, wow, this, this, this is so true. There's more. No matter what's happened, no matter what's gone on, the devastation, the fragmentation, the pain, the abuse, the mistakes, the mess, I'm just telling you there's more. You just got to picture that. I, I just believe that there's more for you. And that, that jail cell in 1993, that summer, as I sat there listening to the rest of the world out there, you know, living out there summer day on the boardwalk in Coney Island, and I realized I'm not where I want to be. I'm not who I want to be. And uh, that was me thinking, there's got to be a better way, meaning there's more. Well, 10 weeks later, after a lot of thought and talking and wrestling, talking to people on the streets, talking to, I mean, just, I was just, it was just so much going on in my head. And then after 10 weeks, I decided that more was Jesus Christ. That's what it was for me. I talked to two o'clock in the morning, people of different religions, uh, I I mean, you just, the assortment of people that I was talking about, taxi drivers, drug dealers, this one, business person, that, I mean, just pastor. And in the end, I just sat down and had the beginning of a moment that started with there is a God, and then I knew my more is Jesus Christ. And and if you're in here and you've not made that decision, that Jesus is the more to your life, that he is your future, and that right now, his, his presence is with you. And, and that, he, that God and his sovereignty and his, and his love and mercy has drawn you in here to hear that truth, that God loves you, that he gave his only son Jesus who died on a cross for the forgiveness of your sins, that you could be made right with God and know the more. That's the power of it. Jesus has done it, now you just get to live in it by believing in what he's done. And knowing that you need God and he's made a way for you to be right, made right with God. So if that's you in here today, as they're singing this last song, you, you, you want to have this moment with God, this breakthrough moment with God to get out of what's breaking down. You see, if you're not living out your life for Christ, if you're not loving God, then spiritually, I would say to you, I think you're in a breakdown. A major part of you is broken down and it's your spirit. But today, it's alive. And it's being poured into. And today you're going to break through and you're going to, what? You're going to let God take a hold of you for the more he has for you. When I say that more part right there, part of that more are the people up here. He's your pastor or friends. When we know you're there, not only are we literally praying for you, but maybe there's something, someone, part of who we are. We're a generous group of people that God is going to use us to be part of that more in specific ways. Are you hearing me? That's why we want to know you're there. That's why we want to see more of you. Because we're always looking out to see how God would use us to see that more happen in your life, right? It's not what we can get from you. It's what God would use us and him to give to you, yes? And man, if you've been kicking this Christian thing around for a long time, and you might be living in this perpetual breakdown, And I'm just telling you, God's got more.
Me and Chrissy talked about it last night. We went, oh, we, we went through like our history of Christianity. We went through the lives of people we know that have been in the faith for a long time. And we said, we want more for people. He's going to tell them. I just you know, tears in my eyes. I said, Chrissy, there's more. I feel I'm close to a breakthrough. I did. I was sitting there in the yellow house. I said, Chrissy, I just, I, it's right there. I just, it's like I can see it. It's just right there. And I told her some things. And I said, what, what is it? What am I missing? I just know it's there. And she says, you know, Dave, I, I think it's forgiveness. I said, what do you mean? She said, I think it's forgiveness. I think that's where God's bringing you. It's right there. I said, well, Chris, you know, when people hurt me or do this, I, I'm, I'm, I act to them in a godly way, and I do the right thing. I still, you know, I tell people to go help them. I, I invite them to things. I let them know. She said, yeah, yeah, but inside. She said, inside. I, I think, I think you've got to forgive more. I think you've got to let it run deeper. And immediately I knew she was right. I knew she was right. I said, all right, there you go. Here it comes. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break through now. I'm going to get this, right? God's got more for me. I'm going to be a better husband. I'm going to be a better, uh, uh, you know, dad. I'm going to be a better pastor. There's more. And what I'm telling you in here, those who have ran the race, we want more for you. We want you to be emotionally healthy, right? We don't just want you to turn around and name all the books in the Bible and quote verses. We want you to turn around and live out your life in a emotionally healthy way that glorifies God. Are you hearing me? Today, have the breakthrough. Today, just, just speak to God. God, where do you want me to have that breakthrough? Where are my character and my attitude and my relationship with my spouse, my, my boyfriend, girlfriend, with my children and my job? Where can I have that breakthrough today in a way that's going to glorify you? Yes? We want more of God. Your pastor does. His wife does. Your leaders do. We want more of God for you. And today, I'm inviting you. Why don't you stand with me? I'm inviting you to right now, as you sing this song, to just, just say to God, God, here, here's the one area of my life. Here's the two area of my life where I want to have a breakthrough where I have broken down. It's not where I want to be. It's not how I want it to be. God Almighty, pour through me now. I'm calling out to you, and I can begin to picture the more, oh God. There is more. And I'm forgetting the past. Not only mine, but even those who are attached to this, that could be the hurts of their, I'm, I'm forgetting the past. And now, right now, I'm moving forward to what you've taken a hold of me for, how you've carried me. I'm, I'm moving forward to what you have for me. And God, right now, I just picture that celebration when I realize the more you had for me all along and I grasp that I've had another breakthrough. To God be the glory. Have a great day.